It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. What's up, Talk LP fans? It's a podcast time. Amber Bradley, your host, premiering a new series this week, which I'm super stoked about. It is called In Other News, which really leads me to be able to have anybody on that I would like, which is kind of the case anyway. But in other news, we're stoked to welcome my now good friend, uh, John Franchi, former CIA guy, which I love, probably the closest one to 007 that I'll ever know in my life. John, welcome to the podcast Hot Seat in Other News. Hey, Amber, how's it going? Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, so I know you don't like doing this, but I told you you uh -huh. had to, is to give the listeners a little bit of background. Obviously, you have been my go-to speaker for a lot of events that we've done, our LPSA, Apex in the past, but you got to give a little background. I know it's like top secret classified. I'll probably say classified a couple hundred times in our time okay. together over these couple weeks, but super cool. Former CIA, tell us a little bit of background. I don't want to, I don't make me read it because it's interesting. <laughs> well, it, you know, and cl classified now is relative, right? So you, you, <laughs> so you only have to well be like, a, done. A, you only have to be an airman <laughs> from the Air National Guard. Uh, of Massachusetts, and you'll have access to some of the nation's top secrets that you could put oh. on your uh, Minecraft uh, post. We've got to get but, to uh, that because that's nuts. Oh my God. But I'm not crazy. letting you out of your bio. Nice try, though. Okay. Damn. I tried. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so again, John French, I did 29 years at CIA. Uh, I was an operations officer uh, during that time, uh, mostly overseas, Middle East, served throughout the Gulf. Um, I'll go backwards. I did Syria for three years, I was in Yemen for a couple of years. Uh, other war zones in North Africa, uh, Egypt, where else was I? Jerusalem, uh, ran, ran operations in Jerusalem, uh, Middle East, uh, Bahrain, and then it's all those really calm places. Well, the thing is, I did it all backwards, right? So you're supposed to do the bad places first and the good places last. And I, I started in Abu Dhabi and I ended in Syria. So, but I will say that I didn't break any of them, they were bro either broken when I got there or well after I left. They were actually doing pretty well. So that was a, it was an amazing career. I was really fortunate to have those opportunities to do those things for the country. And it was hard. It was hard retiring. Honestly. Uh, yeah. So you were, you retired back. from there, which means that you were, you're a legitimate guy. You're not like, oh, I was there. I interned there for two months and now you're for claiming to be the CIA guy. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, yeah, I got the, I got the t-shirt, so to speak, and the hat. So, but it was fun. I mean, again, amazing people. And that's the thing you realize is there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of hard things. Um, and I'm not going to say that I, you know, did all of them, but, you know, I had my fair share, but there's amazing people, amazingly talented people that are doing stuff, even this day, you know, trying to help keep the country strong and make sure our leaders have the information. Now, whether the leaders do anything with it is another matter, but making sure they they know what's going on there. So like the thing we were joking about with the classified, I mean, it's sad when you see things like that because you know how hard it is to be able to get those insights. You know? And to me, that was really frustrating because it's not the fact that the kid had access to the information. If you have a need to know, you have a need to know. Um, what was really frustrating to me is why do we have to tell everybody when we screw up, right? Like, can't we just, can't we just play the game? Um, you know, when we went out there and told everybody in the world that, yeah, I, you know, this kid actually did release secrets and he put them on game, you know, GameStop or whatever the hell it was on. Yeah. Um, we basically validated all that information. 
So all these countries now that we're maybe we're wondering, is this disinformation by the Americans? Are we trying to influence this? Is this disinformation from the Russians? Now everybody knows it's legit. Like, like we're not good at the whole disinformation thing. I wouldn't think, right? Because if we, if that did happen, wouldn't you, wouldn't it be better to be like, oh man, this guy just put out all this stuff that isn't true. And we didn't, you know, it's hilarious exactly. that you guys think it's true. Oh my God. Exactly. I mean, we, we are not good at that kind of stuff. There's a great book. I think I've, I've mentioned it in a couple of the talks, Quiet Americans by Scott Anderson. And he talks about how the Russians have basically eaten our lunch since since OSS days and you know all the all the successes we thought we had were because the Russians were so good at disinformation and that's and that's part I mean that's part and parcel of what's going on today with Ukraine and and Russia and and it's standing I mean this is this is their go-to they're in it for the long haul and and they're really good at it and we bite every time you know I feel like Bart Simpson sometimes you know I feel like maybe don't you know it's like got us <laughs> like, again so it when you say they're really good at it, it's like being a person that hasn't obviously had had. Well, I'm not an airman, right? So I don't have the top classified clearance. Exactly. I mean, which honestly yeah. has everybody scratching their head when you want to be like, "Does everybody get it?" They hand it out like candy, not not to uh, down the airman. Obviously, I have no idea what that entails, right? So yeah. maybe makes sense, but for a lay person, it's kind of like, what? Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense in the, in the in the overall context of how the structures are set up. Look, he had a background check. I'm sure if he had, uh, you know, the senior most uh, accesses, he had a, a polygraph. His background check was clean. He was just a dumbass. Right. And so did he, he mean he, to do it? He's like he's like down with America or he was just like, oh, whoops. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, based on everything I've heard, uh, it, it was he wanted to show off to his buddies. Hey, look at the cool stuff I have access to. And he trusted that his buddies weren't going to share it beyond their little discord group that was, you know, with Minecraft or whatever game they were playing. So I think, you know, it's, I don't think he's a spy spy. I don't think he, because if he was a spy, why would you be that dumb about it? I don't, I, I just don't see it. <laughs> Spies um, are better you know, than that. <laughs> well, they should be. I mean, um, no, but I just, I don't see it. You know, he had a need to know based on his job in the Air Force. And, you know, I, some people have asked me, like, why does Mass International Guard uh, have access to, you know, the top secrets of the, of the United States, the reserve element? And I think what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of the fighter missions that are flown in war zones and in support of those things are flown by Air National Guards, you know, say they get they get called up. When I was, uh, you know, I was in Qatar, they a lot of the units that I was working with were reserve units that were called up for three to six months and working. So I was, which I thought initially I was like, that's strange, but there's just so much mission. There's not enough active air force or active army or whatnot to be able to do it. So it makes sense in that regard. That, that kid was, I think he had, was like an IT, uh, he was in charge of IT for the, for the base. So he would have access to all those things. So what's um, going to happen to this kid? He's going to be thrown into the bottom of the depths of the prisons or what's going to happen to him? Do you think? I think they're going to have to make an example of him, right? Because again, I think I, we should go back to public, uh, public square hangings. I think he's, well, I, I, in a way I feel bad for his family, right? Because his family's going to Oh, now you're making a lot me look too. like an asshole. No, no, no. I mean, you want to. Good for you. String him up. Um, <laughs> No. Well, look, maybe we'd have people rethink this stuff that's going crazy. Well, this whole world's going crazy. So I'm like, 
let's back it up. I don't know, maybe some medieval torture devices. I don't know. <laughs> we don't torture. Remember that. Okay. So, <laughs> but no, but the, look, the thing is, he has to be made an example of because you can't have this happening anymore. And and I think it's almost as much cultural for the for this generation to realize how serious their the you know the access is. This is not a game. This isn't. I want to show my buddies how cool I am because I've got access to Ukrainian and Chinese and all this super sensitive intelligence. Isn't that neat? You guys will like me more. It's not. You know. It's you know. It's it's not like that. You ever see the remember the movie Stripes where Bill Murray then was it the uh, John Larroquette brings in the girl to see the EM50, the super secret thing, <laughs> and he wants to show up, right? It's not, this isn't, this isn't a movie. And, and I think people have to understand that if they're going to be given those authorities and those responsibilities, it, it really is, it's significant. I mean, access to classified is not something that, and so the fact that we have a million people who have access to classified, that's been a problem, you know, that more and more people have gotten access over the years because the missions have grown, because it's gotten more complex, because communications is more involved, because just government's gotten bigger. So more people need to have it. And I, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It's just you got to manage it better and you have to make sure that people understand what they're not supposed to do. And I guess now you have to tell people don't post, don't take photos of classified and put it on game websites. This is not but something that, to increase your likes. Exactly. The thumbs up. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's, he's going to, he's, he'll be going away for quite some time. And it's, uh, that I'm is sure, sad you know, for his family. It is. Yeah, I, mean, I said they, it. They, I, I mean, said it last. See, they, I'm sure they had no idea what was going on. And then all of a sudden the FBI shows up at your front door and your son gets your 21, 22 year old son oh, gets man. taken out. Right. I mean, maybe they should have an age like, limit like it's like anyone no. under 25 shouldn't have this stuff. no the, no because like I, I remember when i when i joined the agency I, you know i was raised in catholic schools where you you respect your elders right and so your elders are always right until you you know i started working and i realized my elders weren't necessarily smarter than me <laughs> <laughs> so and you have to oh, be careful great. with that it's just like damn like so much for that i can be respectful but i don't have to listen to them but like, I don't think that's it. I think it's, it's you just got to make sure that people understand and they continually understand the responsibilities that they have. After a while, when you all you work on is classified, you, you become numb to it in a way. It's not that you dis, dis, disregard it, but like if it's not your world, or I mean, if that's all your world is, if everything you write is classified, your, your menu for lunch is classified, then that's a problem and you have to be it. But you have to be able to to deal with it, and that's and that's I think where we're finding ourselves right now. There'll be a lot of changes, and I don't think they'll be necessarily transparent, and they shouldn't be, um, you know, within agencies on how they control this stuff and who they give access to, and and how often they have to re revalidate their you know their clearances and their accesses and their ability to be able to manage this stuff. So. Yeah, so we've established so far in this podcast that I I, I obviously have a problem with young people. I'm up for public square hangings. See, you're coming out as the nice guy on this. You did the oh, no. You're CIA <laughs> mind melding me already. Okay. All right. Let's talk about your update. So you put out an update weekly about the inner workings. Like it's like behind the curtain, but not too behind the curtain because you've got people that want to make sure you're not giving up the gold, but um, a pretty very a, a like your commentary on what's happening because obviously you're very connected and and know what's happening worldwide of kind of like hot issues. So 
in the show notes down up here, whatever you, you will have a link to get in touch with John Franchi number one, but also be able to subscribe to his update. And we're going to talk about it. We'll also talk about it on the podcast coming up when I have you back, but, um, let's talk about China and we, I've got like, like first step access to your most recent update. So what okay. in the you hell got, is you stole going- a copy? Yeah, the I saw- <laughs> sent you a copy of it. Did yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So interesting. Like everybody, everybody's worried about what the hell is going on with China. I think it's it, it didn't start with the balloon, right? But I think it got like some national attention with the balloon. Which, good lord! But so give us give us the quick rundown of your most recent update facts of, of, of what we should be concerned about and the listeners for for their business acumen going into their everyday life here well there's a lot more well so just on the update itself the, the whole purpose of it is to provide insights about what's coming over the horizon yeah you know, to me i mean you can read the news and you can kind of see what's going on and so there's tons of that i hate i don't want to ever be a person that just reports news um, but I think well, it's because really it's important. crafted based on what news you watch. Well, and plus, to, and exactly, if you're Fox News, if you watch CNN, if whatever you watch, it's all politically skewed one way or the other. You know, I'm not, and I always try to take this kind of, you know, agnostic. I really don't care. I just care about the country view of things. And that that was when I was in the agency as well. You just don't want to be one way or the other because then people will. Just, just take an opinion away from that as opposed to take the facts away. So to me, that's important. Like this thing on China that I, I just put together, you know, and talking to, you know, friends in Washington and some, you know, some other friends, it's, again, none of it's classified, none of it's anything like that. But it, what it, it's meant to do is to say, like, look, we need to wake up, you know, as a country. And I think a lot of it is, and I've said this in a couple, like at APEX and, and a couple of speeches where, we're really not good at keeping our eye on the ball and our, or we're really not good too about thinking long-term. We tend to forget we're not very good friends out there and we don't focus on the bigger picture. So like the Chinese and, you know, listeners have probably heard this a million times. The Chinese always play, you know, you know, for generations, their, their plan is a hundred years long and it's a great soundbite, but it doesn't really mean much to people, but now it's starting to manifest itself and, and we're starting to see this. You know, we're starting to see the Chinese, you know, this thing with the police stations that uh, there was some arrests made in New York where there were these secret Chinese police yeah, stations. Yeah, what is that? There's no secret that these things have existed, right? The Chinese have been very active in our country for decades, um, you know, on a whole number of fronts, you know, and just growing their communities. They leverage their communities as, and they keep an eye on it, uh, especially since 88 when they had the Tiananmen square issues but the the police stations quasi police stations basically monitoring what chinese people are doing in the united states what messages are they sending out how how can they control them how can they influence them how can they scare them um like a lot i mean some russians do this a very similar thing not that that they have police stations here but they want to get control over their communities so they can't hurt them back home and so that's it that's what this is and now it's even caused uh, you know, the French and the Germans are starting to look and to see like what the hell's going on with the communities here. And the joke in the agency and foreign service is always anywhere you get dropped in the world is going to be t- one of two things that you, you see first, the Chinese restaurant and the Lebanese restaurant. Right? <laughs> right? My wife's right here. And I love Lebanese restaurants overseas. They're actually really good. But, <laughs> but no, but they, because the Chinese get in there. And if you wanted to know, if you not want to know like what's going on in the community, 
especially the Chinese community, go to Chinese restaurants. That's where they all hang out, right? That's, and I think what, what happens in the United States is what we've seen over the years, they've built up communities, right? Very strong communities. Uh, they have chambers of commerce, there's trade associations that they have, they have the, the government is really kind of sponsored as well or really encouraged. And those, those have been, become part of the community, right? And those are things that politicians go out and they court them. Um, they provide support to local politicians. And that's, that's the fear is that the Chinese are using these organizations. Uh, and a lot of these people are Americans now, right? you know, because over time you just get the citizenship. So they're going to use these things to provide insights to them, to gain influence, to gain access to information, right? So that they'll have their people go. And we've seen this Thousand Talents program is one of them where they have they're basically leveraging the Chinese communities to send back insights, uh, intellectual property. And you know? so all this talk about them stealing stuff, that's where a lot of that comes from. When you go to lab, national labs or you go to big universities, you see very big you know, presences of Chinese students there. And I've got nothing against that. But at, at the same time, what are they there for? What kind of research are they doing? And what are we giving them access to? And are they getting access to these things? So all of these things are starting to become more aware and being seen in a nefarious way, which is you know, how they should be. And, but it's also stoking the flames between the two countries. And yeah, because what you're saying, the... though, really quick, though, it's not like unproven, right, that when you're saying, look, Chinese students, because I, I can hear, you know, the driving, uh, oh, here we go with the, you know, and it's like, OK, hang on a second. Right. I mean, what you're saying is not unproven in the fact that, you know, when you have Chinese students in labs researching at some of our top Ivy League universities. Right. I mean, that they are sending information back right it's not like they, well they may be. it's not a and, guess and, well and and they may be not all of them are doing this the thing is we we tend to focus on one or two or three things right so now we're focused on the police stations we were focused on the balloons for a while the balloons seem to have gone away i don't know if it's because we blew them up or they were just not looking anymore right but we tend to focus on one or two or three things we we're not really good at at looking at things kind of strategically holistically and there's a whole bunch of different lines going on here like if you just talk about the Chinese in the United States, uh, because they've been able to insinuate themselves into our communities. I mean, they are part of our communities, right? We're and that's I'm not saying that they're all going to one day turn and oh, we're going to become China, but they've got these inroads in different places that they can tap into if they need to. And this is a, this is a dream. I mean, to be if you think about it, if you're sitting in China, you're the president, and you're like, okay, we got two million people or three million people in the United States and all of these positions. You know, I, those would be the first person I hit up if they have, you know, if they're first generation Chinese to see if I can gain access to things. I mean, as an intel person, that's that's what I would look for. Now, it doesn't mean they're all going to do it. Maybe a couple do it. Right. But still, it, I mean, and we've seen, you know, when you look at the F-35, they stole the plans. The F-35 did, I, I'm, you know, the, the aircraft carries like a lot of things look the same. They, it looks like ours, you know, because it's our plans. Um, you know, they, and they're very, very active in that front. They're very, very active in uh, cyber, you know, and they've been and they're consistently looking for holes, in banking, finance, all of those things. We don't really focus on the Chinese, honestly, when, on a, when it comes to cyber. When we talk cyber, we're usually talking about the Russians and the North Koreans or maybe the well, Iranians. So, so it sounds like, you know, their methods are like, long-term covert like what happened with tiktok then right because tick like what the hell is that 
Like, because my daughter does not have TikTok. She will not have TikTok. But, and I don't have it either. But anyway, what is that? I mean, if they're so smart and covert, that's pretty obvious. You know, it's like, well, duh. Are they? Are they doing? Like, what's happening with TikTok? Well, TikTok, and I think a lot of what the Russians do, too, is they tap into our inclinations. The Americans love to, you know, they're able to like, kind of find our weak points and exploit them and make them bigger. Right. So TikTok takes the whole Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram stuff and just puts it on steroids. Right. And it's really sucking kids in and really just playing with their heads. And so it's your belief. Stuff. It it's is. Just... It is a China in-depth well, spy. They're spying on everybody with the phone. It's like, what's going on? I don't know if they're I don't necessarily know. if I, I don't think they're necessarily spying on everybody. Look, the whole thing here, too, is is it's hey, you're, you're setting in place like a structure of um a foundation for maybe later you want to use it to exploit right but for the, for the beginning you have to like right now if i was if i was china the last thing i would do would be trying to exploit tiktok because every government agency and every u.s entity is going to be like pouring through it looking for where's the where's the link to china where's how are they you know getting information in or out or whatever but look we're, we're americans we do it to ourselves <laughs> we don't have to you know just give us the platform and we'll screw ourselves in the process right we'll we'll put content on there we will allow our kids to go on there for hours and hours on end right and you know it's a babysitter for a lot of us right so that we, we and then it becomes one of these self-generating kind of to me if i was a russian or chinese it's like, like i don't have to do anything i i i push the rock down the i would push the rock to the top of the hill and then i let it go and the Americans are just letting it go and the hills really long. Right? Why is and that? It's a right. I mean, it makes us feel so dumb. Like, why can't we be like the Russians, you know, like super good at all the misinformation and we're the ones with all the strings of around the world? Like, what is that? Well, I don't think we want to be that. I mean, we don't want to be Russians. We I mean, Russians. We want to be smarter I, than the people that are jacking us around, well, though, we, don't you think? Well, I think we are smart. I think I think we but. It, it becomes, uh, I think part of it's, it's not, I'm not going to blame the constitution, but like, you know, it's, you know, people <laughs> have rights damn here, right? First Amendment. Damn, those guys, those, those Don't guys. Don't send us hate mail, people, we're yeah. joking. We're, that's who the, no, but you have the, you have the ability to turn things on and turn things off, like, which you maybe don't have in other countries. We have freedom to choose and our strength come from, comes from that. Our innovation comes from that and, and all our creativity comes from that what we're seeing now is that some of these things are having a negative impact on us. So the question is, do we control them? A lot of, for, to me is parenting, you know, the job of a parent is to put controls and to try to limit what their kids are doing and make sure they're only exposed to the right things and not exposed to the wrong things. And, you know, when you're going to, when you're going to, I think, you know, I remember when I was a kid, like TV was your babysitter, right? So you'd sit there, but you only have four channels right now. It's your phone. So you go outside you know, and now that's well, not the case. And you go outside and play. Yeah. Right, right now outside it's dangerous because you know the zombies are going to take you away but like well we, you we got i mean fall. as a parent of a young kid right now i mean i feel that because you got human trafficking i mean mm -hmm. i feel like my kid goes for a walk down the street with the dog she's going to be on the next human trafficking poster i mean yeah that yeah, might be have, a little over the top but well no but it's true like it's mass shootings i mean places we thought were sacrosanct are now no longer that you know, so so now you have to worry about if I go to a shopping mall in case there's an active shooter, how do I get out? Or my son's school, right? How are they going to respond to an active shooter or somebody coming in that that's going to kidnap them? Or how how are they going to deal with that? Things that when we were kids we never ever thought about those kinds of things. Those were just not thought of. 
And so there's no sacred place anymore for us to be able to find respite um, you know, that, that there was at one time. So I think when you look at TikTok and, and it's any of the social media platforms, I think it's, um, it, I, I'm, I'm not as worried about China when it comes to TikTok. I think if we, if we did a better job in parenting and, and, and controlling what our kids have access to on ourselves, then I think then a lot of those problems would go away and, and the ability of China or other countries to influence those would be much less. Um, I mean, you know, that's not going to happen, you know, unfortunately. But I think that so that you're going to start seeing some controls. I think right now they're banning it on government computers and things like that. Um, give better insights as to, into how you do that. But all you need to do is set up a new platform. Right. And then that'll be the next thing. I mean, kids. Right. It's not trendy to be on Facebook anymore. That's something for old people, I guess. Right. And then so Snapchat, like I'll ask my kids, what are you on? And they'll be like, well, we're on Snap. And I'm like, OK, well, like, what the heck is that? And they then they tell me what that is. Um, but then it moves to TikTok. And then after TikTok will be passe in two or three years because all the old people are on it. All the people in yeah, their late 20s. That's all 20s, we have so to do be... is if we all just get on it, then everybody, all these kids will stop using it. But OK, that's so right. I make it I've... uncool. <laughs> I've used this show really for all the questions I had for you. However, <laughs> let me turn it around to like think about the audience, right? So you're so we've got <laughs> retailers from all different, you know, levels on the loss prevention, asset protection, safety, risk, compliance um spectrum here. Um so thinking about everything going on in the world and and your most recent update with China or um and I had the other one up here or other things, you know, in, in, in what my folks listening to this are like, oh my gosh, retail, like, is there one thing that, and I know I didn't ask you this to be prepared, but you've, you know, you've been in more stressful situations than this, but is there one thing that you would say, you know, I've got of everything going on that I'm hearing in my Intel, like retail, like, like, is it supply chain? Like, what should people be like? Oh, I gotta stay on the I gotta stay on the pulse of this, like to see where this is going. Is it elections? Is it, you know, like I don't know. Like, what do you think my people should know about this week about what's going on in the world? I mean, the thing that worries me the most, I think, with regard to retail would be um the uh like domestic unrest and and just the and the violence and the active shooters. I think we're going to see, we've already seen lots of active shooters. I mean, I think it's like one, one a week or one a day or something. I think that's going to get worse. And I think there's things internationally going to kind of cause it to get worse. Um, things that people aren't really tracking. The Middle East is set to explode again. Um, the Palestinian Israeli conflict is going to heat up within, I'd say within a week or two. And you're, uh, and you're going to see a third intifada start. So the Palestinian uprising against the Israelis. And that that's not just limited to there. That has ramifications elsewhere. It also reverberates through terrorist groups that have been allowed to kind of reconstitute themselves. We haven't heard much about what's going on in that part of the world in quite a while because we pulled out of Afghanistan, so our people weren't getting attacked. But those groups, ISIS and Al-Qaeda, are stronger now than they've ever been. In West Africa, throughout you know the Asia, um, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Syria, and all of these places, Lebanon, uh, Hezbollah. So, and we have seen you know that the southern border is susceptible to groups coming in. Those groups, their whole mantra is to influence these young kids through social media to take action. I can see that you know kind of increasing over the maybe the next year or two. 
And that could have an impact on retailers because, I mean, what's more susceptible, uh, you know, a McDonald's or a Wendy's, you know, I mean, there's no security in those places. Um, you know, there's barely any security at Walmarts and Targets. So, and, and things have happened in all of those locations of shopping malls. So to me, that's something. The other thing is, is the supply chain. I think that's a tool and that's a lever that the Chinese can play. We're working right now very hard to build infrastructure to, re -bring, to bring back manufacturing to the United States. So the CHIPS Act and all of these other programs. But I was talking to some people today. The CHIPS Act is a good idea. There's billions and billions of dollars out there, but there's limitations on how much investors can reap, what, what, how much profits can you have? So are we actually going to be able to build that manufacturing if we're if we're hand, if we're tying the hands of the investors who are going to are needed to make that happen? So it, and it's going to take time. So we, we're still going to need the Chinese. We're going to need the, all of these other countries that we rely on. We're not going to be able to do it ourselves for some time. So while things are OK now, you know, we, I mean, we were looking before it was hard to get a car. It was hard to get a refrigerator. OK, now all those things are more available. Well, that could that could change again pretty quickly if we if we let it. And if we if we take our eyes off. So if things start heating up with the Chinese, and I'm saying we sh it's not that we should give them a pass, definitely not. But we just have to be aware of second order impacts of this, that it could have an impact on supply chain. It could have an impact on a, on a number of other things uh, that could impact on our lives here on a day-to-day -day basis. So I were, I, that, I mean, from, from a retail standpoint, I think those are probably uh, you know, a couple of the, the big things to be to look at. And the third thing is cyber. Again, cyber has kind of gotten quiet. You haven't seen any big cyber hits recently, but they're ongoing. And I'm sure you know a lot of your the people listening and your and the people that you work with are dealing with this stuff on a day to day basis. It's not stopping. We just haven't seen any of the big ones. And I think that's something we have to. Those are tools that we haven't really seen the Russians or the Chinese pull out in a big way yet. And if any of their if their backs are against the wall and they feel like there's no other options, why not do that? And you know, it's not going to be to the point where they take out down the power on the East Coast or they take out everything we have, but in, in enough strategic spots. And if you take out enough uh, nodes here or there, whatever, you know, because they know where things are. I mean, they've been they've been looking at what we've had for years. That could have a significant impact on transportation networks, on just our you know, information um, and, and for companies themselves. You know, if you went after after Walmart, and wanted to try to take down all their servers. That would have a huge impact on the retail economy. So I think those three things, you know, there's just so many. I mean, it's just like, you know, <laughs> but those I think are the three bigger things that I would I think we need to focus on and be aware of. Yes. And they're pretty big, John. So when you think about how people can stay up to date, right? I mean, I would say number one, go to the show notes and subscribe to your weekly update because that's gonna at least if you are a smaller retailer and you don't have teams of threat assessment people or teams of cyber people, at least you're, you know, more slightly in the know by reading John's update for sure. And then of course you can always hire John to, to give you some intel on what's, what the hell's going on out there. Um, I'm sure you keep all of those of nuggets close to the vest, right? But okay. Um, show notes for people to subscribe and we're going to have you back. So that's like, that's like the second thing is our podcast to to get a little more granular on what's going on um and how it affects retailers and what retailers should be doing but dude appreciate you stepping into the talk lp hot seat thank you for having me it's always good to see you
And we will be back with John Franchi and other guests in my new series, Talk LP in other news. And if you haven't downloaded the app, you cray cray because you can get this podcast a lot easier at Talk LP News, anywhere you find your favorite apps. Thanks for listening, guys. And we will talk at you later. See ya. Like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.